Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Lynn S., and I am a recovered compulsive overeater from Toronto, Canada. Today is Tuesday, June the 26th, 2018, and we are reading from the book, Big Book, page 77, starting with the first paragraph, we don't use this as an excuse, through three paragraphs, ending with, it's water over the dam. Today's readers are 12 Steps, Melissa C.K., 12 Traditions, Lisa B., and readers of the text, Leslie W., Rachel N.M., and Gina F. The reference numbers for yesterday, Monday, June the 25th, the 7 a.m. meeting, 11578, and the 10 a.m. meeting, 11581. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer, our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book Study, Our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Melissa C.K. to read the 12 steps. Good morning. This is Melissa C.K., Grateful Recovering Compulsive Overeater in Chattanooga, Tennessee. The 12 steps. One, We admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11. Sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood Him, praying only for knowledge of His will for us and the power to carry that out. And 12. Having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thanks for allowing me to do service. I pass. Thank you, Melissa C.K. And for the 12 traditions, Lisa B. Good morning. This is Lisa B., a recovered compulsive overeater in Greenville, South Carolina. 
the 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group um, in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Oh, I think that was nine. Okay. I lost my focus here. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to replace principles before personalities. Pass. Thank you, Lisa D. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, Everyone's phone, except the speakers, should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the big book on page 77, the first paragraph. We don't use this as an excuse through three paragraphs ending with, it's water over the dam. Leslie W., would you start us off, please? Good morning. Thank you so much for allowing me to do service. This is Leslie W. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Tennessee. We don't use this as an excuse for shying away from the subject of God. When it will serve any good purpose, we are willing to announce our convictions with tact and common sense. The question of how to approach the man we hated will arise. It may be he has done us more harm than we have done him. And though we may have acquired a better attitude toward him, we are still not too keen about admitting our faults. Nevertheless, with a person we dislike, we take the bit in our teeth. It is harder to go to an enemy than to a friend, but we find it much more beneficial to us. 
we go to him in a helpful and forgiving spirit, confessing our former ill feeling and expressing our regret. Under no condition do we criticize such a person or, or argue. Simply we tell him that we will never get over drinking until we have done our utmost to straighten out the past. We are there to sweep off our side of the street, realizing that nothing worthwhile can be accomplished until we do so, never trying to tell him what he should do. His faults are not discussed. We stick to our own. If our manner is calm, frank, and open, we will be gratified with the result. In nine cases out of ten, the unexpected happens. Sometimes the man we are calling upon admits his own fault. So fuse of years standing melt away in an hour. Rarely do we fail to make satisfactory progress. Our former enemies sometimes praise what we are doing and wish us well. Occasionally, they will offer assistance. It should not matter, however, if someone does throw us out of his office. We have made our demonstration, done our part. It's water over the dam. Okay. Um, So... When we are doing this step, um, I think it's so important from my experience to um, write a script before I talk to this person because um, I tend to ramble. I know that shocks some of you. But when I don't have a little script to follow um, or at least write something out and discuss it with my sponsor or another trusted recovered fellow, um, you know, it just it just gives me a guideline to follow, and I make sure that I cover all the points. So I'm going to focus on my part. I'm going to say something like this in in a case where I had um, a resentment towards a neighbor, and uh, I had to make amends to her because. Um, I said some nasty things about her, and I gossiped about her and her dog. Um, Her dog was always barking in the middle of the night. My baby was always waking up, and quite frankly, I was just mad about it. Um, So I had to go to her, and she knew that I had said those things about her. Um, So when I went to her, the first thing I did, which, by the way, she didn't even want to talk to me. I knocked on her door. Her husband said, she doesn't want to talk to you. Okay. Well, then what do I say? I say, okay, can that's fine. I totally understand that. Would it make a difference if I said I'm here to apologize? <laughs> she came out of the door, and we talked, and I told her the first thing I said was, I have not been a very good neighbor to you. I regret the things that I said and the way that I behaved, and that's not the kind of neighbor or person that I want to be. And she laid into me. She let me know how hurt she was. She let me know, um, you know, that, that uh, just that she, she, was, she was very, very disturbed by what I had said and what I had done. And, and, and that was okay. Like, she needed to say that to me. So I stood there. And took it. And, you know, and I said, is there anything else that you would like to say to me? Um, is there anything else that, that 
that needs to be addressed. Um, and she said no. And honestly, I felt like when I walked away from that situation, I felt like a million bucks because even though I was scared to face her and even though she was angry, um, I mean, it wasn't like the perfect little amends that I wanted to, to so in some, and I, and the reason I tell this story, and this was a very rare case. This was the only time this has happened to me. Um, because even though, even though someone might not react in the way that we want them to, we're not doing this to get the reaction out of them that we want. We're doing this so that we can be free. We're doing this so that we can walk this earth, free men and women, no longer tied to the food. So with that, I pass. Thank you, Leslie W. The floor is now open for sharing on what we just read. Please say your name just once as it helps me hear everyone. Who Charles would like H. to share? Kim G. from South Jersey. Melanie M. from Georgia. This is Larry. Melanie M. from Georgia. Amy G. from Maryland. Boston. Okay. I just okay. I missed somebody. G. I think it was Tenzin P. Amy G. No, it, there was Amy G. And I heard Tenzin P. And I believe I heard Katie. Katie G. Is it no Kim G. No, I heard Kim G. But there was somebody after. I'll tell you who I have. I have Charles H. Kim G. Melissa M. Larry K, Amy G, and Tenzin P. Let's go with that lineup, okay? And then we'll go from there. Charles H., could you start us off, please, followed by Kim G. Thank you for all that love from Toronto. Um, so I want to drill down where it says, this is good money right here. Nevertheless, with a person we dislike, we take the bit in our teeth. It is harder to go to an enemy than a friend, but we find it much more beneficial to us. We go to him in a helpful and forgiving spirit, confessing our former ill feeling and expressing our regret. Um, you know, thank God for the, for the guidance of a sponsor, because I love what Leslie said. But you know, I got a sponsor that said, you know, if you if you gossip, because <laughs> you know what, um, I, I've done that many times. If I go to someone and um, say that I gossiped about them chances are it might not go too well. It might cause more harm, you know, not, not shying away from making amends because I could, I could just go overboard and wanting to get that hit of, you know, Oh, that a boy, Charles, you know, you, you, you're doing so good. Um, and, and, and in working with, with, with others, um, I could identify with, man, you know, I, I didn't, I didn't physically harm them. I didn't, I didn't cause them any financial losses or, but if I gossiped, if I if I badmouthed them, if I did all of that, those there's two words in this passage that really rang a bell for me. Ill feeling. I may treat you different because I have ill feelings toward you. So um it's always good to, to, to get the guidance of a recovered sponsor and get their concept because they blazed this trail before I did. And um yeah, that that's that's really all I got. Don't try to 
you know, um, do something that you're not equipped to do yet. Take take some leadership and guidance from someone that has done this before so you don't cause any more harms. And, and with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Charles H. Kim G., it's your turn, followed by Melanie M. Good morning, everyone. My name is Kim G. I'm going to drill down that same sentence that Charles read. Um, we go to him in a helpful and forgiving spirit, confessing our former ill feeling and expressing our regret. You know, you know for many years at Overeaters Anonymous, I did the steps like a twister game. You know, like right hand blue, left hand red, right foot, right foot green, in any order. You know, the step nine comes after steps one through eight. And I have to tell you, the worst thing that I have to do <laughs> is to make an amends for an amends I did poorly. See, my old idea before doing these steps when I was told to make an amends was I would think, well, you know, I'm in OA now. I found God. And, so, you know, you're a jerk, but I'm holy now. And I'm going to forgive you for being a jerk because I have to do these steps. I didn't have any depth and weight to know what an amends was. You know, in step four, we have this fourth column where we learn that we're selfish, we're dishonest, we're self-seeking, we're frightened. That is where my amends comes from. What I did and what I often see people do when they're not going through the entire process is they make their amends out of column two, meaning they're going to tell people how they hurt them and what they did to them. Then we go to six and seven and we take that fourth column. Those, we see how those defects are rubbed up against other people and we ask God to remove them because I'm now turning from a self-centered way of life to a God-centered way of life. You know, my mistake that I made is I left those four-step prayers in the fourth step. You know, there, we learn this sick man's prayer. We learn this fear prayer. We have these relationship prayers. And by doing those prayers, that's how I can get to that sentence I just read. If I am not doing those prayers, what that sentence is to me is I go to him hoping he's going to apologize to me for what a jerk he was to me. And that is not a form of ill feeling. I'm still currently in that resentment. And the only thing I regret is having Jesus goddamn amends. So that I need to do these, this work in order to get to this posture. This is the posture of an amends. And I just want to end with this. Now, these nine-step promises, which we're going to be coming up on, they were read after every meeting for many years I was in OA. And when I heard we are going to feel these before we're halfway through, they were called the promises. I never understood they were linked to the steps and the ninth step. When I heard halfway through what I was told, what do I do in Overeaters Anonymous? I go to a 90 and 90. So I figured those promises were going to happen at day 45. And let me tell you, my experience as a real compulsive overeater, if I am 45 days abstinence not doing the steps, you know what happens to me when I'm halfway through that 90 and 90? I want to commit, commit homicide. I want to commit suicide rather than make an end. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Kim G. Melanie M., it's your turn, followed by Larry K. Press star one, Melanie. Okay, good morning. Good morning. This is Melanie, recovering overeater in Georgia. Can you hear me? Yes, thank you. Okay, good deal. Thank you. Um, so, I just wanted to express gratitude for this step. Um, I'm on this step now, and <clears throat> I've done it in the past, 
And I just want to encourage anyone who's new on the line or new to doing this. Um, before I did my amends, people, someone did an amends to me outside of program, and I didn't even remember, I barely remember what they were talking about. But he said that it had been a weight that was on his shoulders for years, and it so encouraged me because I had such trepidation about doing my own amends. And so <clears throat> because of the weight that I could tell that was lifted from his shoulders and the way that I felt, um, it gave me the courage to do my own amends, and I had a long list of all kinds of amends to make. Um, the other thing that I just wanted to say, too, in, in terms of encouragement is I am so grateful um, that we are we approach it from the book book perspective. So um, I was encouraged to also say, you know, is there anything else you want to share with me about this or is there anything else you need to tell me? And I had never heard that before. And for me, that's such a wonderful way to bring closure because in the past, I was hoping that the person would turn around and make amends to me, and that never happened, and it shouldn't happen. It's not about them. It's about me. Um, another thing that I will say is that I had a lot of resentment, and so I always there's, – there's, I would often say, wow, I can't wait for this person making amends to me. And guess what? It never happened. And so I had to put that on my resentment list and let go of that. Um, and ironically, those people have never made formal amends to me. Some of the situations got better. Some of the people got out of my life. But for the most part, I just moved on. So I'm grateful for, um, for this step, grateful that I have the willingness to take the step, and grateful that I have a new way to approach it so that I can bring closure um, in a different kind of way. And I think that that approach will give me a way of handling things on a daily basis, not just when I have an amends to make. So um, thank you to the program, and thank you for your um, leadership on the meeting this morning. Thank you, Melanie M. Larry Kay, it's your turn, followed by Amy G. Good morning. Thanks so much. You know, I um, this is an imperfect program inhabited by imperfect people, and I'm, I'm one of those people as well. And in step nine, you know, when I, when I came into program, I wanted relief. I had put my heroin substance down, and I was feeling feelings for the first time, and I wanted relief. And you know when I wanted it? I wanted it right away. And, and I didn't work these steps in sequence, and I, didn't, and I did not follow the instructions, and I certainly, most certainly did not rely on one of my first eight sponsors in the first five years in program to guide me through the process because most of them had been through this process, but I didn't rely on them. I wasn't willing to pocket my pride. So one of my biggest amends was, was to my mother. I was, I couldn't be in the same room with her for more than a few minutes for many years, for decades, and um, for a lot of reasons and, and so forth. And so what I did is I, I got the sense that, now, wait a minute, we need to, this is a spiritual program, and we need to, to go out and make amends. And I jumped from step one, putting the heroin down, if you will, to step nine, making amends, and it didn't work very well. Now, many of you won't do that, but we'll skip around and we'll jump around and we'll sponsor ourselves, so to speak, 
and we won't follow these instructions precisely and so we won't work the, the, these, st these steps are meant as building blocks to be worked through very quickly but we need to follow the, the instructions precisely otherwise we're not going to build the foundation that's embedded in the change that's going to have to occur occur in us and so the guy that went to make amends to his mother that was looking for relief it didn't go very well and I resented her just as much when I got done as before and I did violence to myself in the way I ate for many years even after making amends and I wondered why in the world are these steps working for everybody but me and the reality was was that the resentments, these chains that dragged me through life, the number one offender stayed with me because I had not changed internally until I was willing to pocket my pride, put away the cliff notes, shortchanging the steps, because I wasn't looking for an internal change moving from a self-centered existence to a God-centered existence. I was looking for relief, and it came from a selfish place. There's nothing wrong with wanting relief and wanting you know, weight loss or weight gain, wherever you are in this program. The problem is, is that it's not going to be sustainable unless we experience a, a complete change and transformation. With that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you, Larry Kay. Amy G., it's your turn, followed by Tenzin P. Good morning. This is Amy G. from Maryland, a coverage compulsive reader from Maryland. Can you hear me okay? Yes, thank you. Oh, great. Thanks, everyone, for your service. May It may be he has done us more harm than we have done him. Nevertheless, a couple sentences down to the person we dislike, we take the bit in our teeth. So some of you all know I ride horses, and that term comes from when you put the bridle on a horse's head and the bit in their mouth. It is a form of submission. You know, it's a thousand-pound animal necessarily. It'd be, it'd be very difficult if the horse didn't want you to put the bit in his mouth. And it's also a main aid for guiding them on where they need to turn when you're riding them, if you want them to turn left or right. So it's not only a form of submission for the horse to take the bit in its mouth, but it also is then willing to be obedient, to be guided in those cases. And that's what this is what people have been talking about extensively is to have a sponsor who, when we willingly are willing to take direction and instruction that we work together on this list and we make those amends, especially the difficult ones where we need a lot of guidance. I needed a lot of guidance, especially for those who have harmed me as well as me harming them. And frankly, no surprise there. You know, uh, I, I was a, a destructive force in my compulsive overeating, and uh, I stepped on a lot of toes and people retaliated. And, um, and there were cases where I really had to make close attention with a sponsor about whether or not, like Charles said, I would be doing more harm than good to be making those amends. But when those amends needed to be made, you know, it says further here, they're giving us clear instructions. Under no conditions do we criticize such a person or argue. I was told specifically by my sponsor when we agreed that amends was to be made and how it was to be made, I was to think about what I was going to say, and under no condition was I to say the word you in the conversation at all. I was never to use the word you. I was to always say, I, I am sorry for this. I apologize for this. I regret this. This is something I did, regardless of what they had done to me. And, and, and frankly, 
they weren't the one dying of compulsive overeating. So it was my job and my responsibility to take responsibility for what I had done and to be sincere in my regret because it said, remember, we are willing to go to any length to be free from this merciless obsession, this compulsive overeating. So I had to be willing to take direction. And when I did, the amends went fine. I won't say they all went perfect, but one amend at a time with my sponsor, they were done. And then I was ready for the promises. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you, Amy G. Tenzin T, it's your turn. Thank you very much. Good morning, everyone. Um, How wonderful that we're in the ninth step. And I will say how wonderful and challenging it is that I am in deep in the middle of my ninth step. Um, Yeah, um, some of you have gotten texts and calls because one thing that was recommended to me that I do, besides, you know, having written a, a brief script with my sponsor, I also, when I'm going to make the appointment or actually take the action, I text uh, a few people and see if anybody's available. Somebody's not muted. Um, I text and see if anyone's available for a bookend. And then I'll just call them briefly before and after because it gives me a little more courage in in just moving forward with what I intend to do. Um, so... I like what someone said about the script. Yes, my sponsor has said, you know, make it really brief. Um, but what I was thinking about one amend in particular with someone um, where the relationship had ended very badly, and uh, I uh, perceived that this person had done uh, vengeful, uh, hurtful things afterwards. But as it says, we are there to sweep off our side of the street, realizing that nothing worthwhile can be accomplished until we do so. So it's been advised to me, we don't go make amends. I don't go make amends while I still have resentments towards the person. So I had to do various work on that for quite a while. But um, I was really specific in the things. You know, there was something about in consideration, and I gave a specific example, and I watched her eyes, you know, oh, you know, and then I was disorganized as her manager, and I, and I gave an example, and there was a financial decision, and I gave an example, um, and, you know, she said to me, and she had been very angry when she um, left the relationship, and and she said to me, this was like a million bucks, what you just did. And it just made my mouth drop, you know, because we really don't know what what the outcome will be. But I felt that not only had I done something that cleaned up a place in myself, but lo and behold, she, she said it gave her a level of healing for something. So I just, um, you know, I'm just very grateful for this process. It's, it's uh, We are so lucky to be able to do this. So thank you very much. Thank you for everyone who supports me as I'm going through this step. Yeah. Thank you, Tenzin P. For those of us just coming on the line, we're on page 77, starting with the first paragraph. We don't use this as an excuse. Through three paragraphs, ending with it's water over the dam and commenting on all three. Who else would like to share? Katie Mary G. from Boston. Jeanette Ross. Ross. Mary G. 
Katie G. Okay, I heard. Yeah, thanks, Katie. I got you. Thanks, and man. I heard Jeanette. And I heard Vasa O. Who else was there? Richard B. Mary G. Larry, Leia M. Okay, let's stop with that. That's a good list. And I've got Katie G. Jeanette. I'll have to get your last initial. Vasa O. Richard B. Mary G. And Leia M. Katie, can you start us off, please? I can, Lynn. Thank you. Thank you, everyone, for your service. Katie G. Recovered in Boston. And, um, you know, the first thing I want to say is um, I've never been taught to make an amend to myself. Um, This process of the 12 steps is how I make an amend to myself, right? Because I get right with myself, God, and God's kids. And, um, And that is such a gift. Um, And I've also been taught that I can't move forward until I clean up the past. But the thing that I really want to talk about today is um, if I'm really in touch with my powerlessness, step one, I'm powerless over food, right? Then um, making these amends is a privilege, right? Because the pain of compulsive overeating, anorexia, and bulimia is so bad that, you know, it's like, do I want to go back or do I want to make these amends? And it's not comfortable, but this isn't get comfortable anonymous. And what's been really powerful over the years when I've made amends and um, is that they're teaching me who I am, right? If our manner is calm, frank, and open, we will be gratified with the results. I've had people tell me what it's like to be in a relationship with me, what it's like when I'm in fear and in controlling and I don't listen to you or I um, steamroll you with my ideas. I don't ask you if you want my feedback, I give it to you. Um, I've been told different choices that I could have made. I had a professor say to me, you know, I really wish you'd come to me. I could have helped you. Um, I've had people say, gee, Katie, you know, you have a lot of goals in life, but you don't have a lot of relationship skills. Wow, true, true. Um, I've had people say to me, I'm just disappointed in you. Um, and all of this, it's not, it's, not, um, it's not weighing on my heart. It's, wow, okay, God, so this is who I am without you. This is who I am as a sober woman. Like I want, I want to be clear that as a recovered woman, I still make amends. Maybe that's wrong, but I do. And as a recovered woman, I still have more amends to make. Now, right now, am I current? God willing, I hope so, but I'm going through the steps again. So I'm sure there are those of you out there who are waiting for my call, right? But it's so amazing to be taught, to restore people's reality, to tell them, yeah, when we were in the relationship, this is what I did. I was wrong and I regret it. Um, and, and it isn't, again, it's not about me feeling good, right? It's about getting an accurate p- picture. Humility is seeing myself as I really am. And you know what? Yes, I am God's daughter, and there are things that are wonderful about me. But yes, I am God's daughter, and there are things that are truly deeply challenged in me. So I'm just excited about being on amends, and I'm excited to continue to learn from each and every step I take about who I am and who God can change me into being. And with that, I do pass. Thank you, Katie G. Jeanette, you're up, followed by Vasa O. And Jeanette, can we have the initial of your last name, please? Yes, it's S as in Sam. Thank you. You're welcome. Hi, Jeanette, recovered compulsive reader from Maybrook, New York. Occasionally, they will offer assistance. For some reason, that sentence 
popped out at me. It's in between our former enemies sometimes praise what we are doing and wish us well. Occasionally, they will offer assistance. It should not matter, however, if they throw us out of the office. So that occasionally they will offer assistance is like assistance in me making amends or assistance as in, yeah, and you did this and you did that and you did this. Um, I had the... uh, privilege of making amends to a, an ex-husband, uh, recent, a newly ex at the time, and um, and the response I got from that was, you ruined my plans for our retirement, and, I, and I'm like, okay, and I just, you know, I took it, and, you know, the amends were over with, and later on, now, I had no assistance. I had no sponsor. I was, as was said, I was self-sponsoring at that time. And um, I went home and I thought about what, I'm like, what? What? What did he say? <laughs> I got all bound up and I just wanted to rip him a new one. I'm like, what? I, you know, I didn't even know he had plans for our retirement, so I ruined his plans. So anyway, I was just got all bound up about that and everything. And this voice, this voice, this my higher power that I didn't know it was at the time, um, I heard this voice that said, do you want to make this men's over again? Do you want to do this, have to do this over again? Because I was going to go open up the whole thing all over again. And you know what? It's it, I didn't. I just stopped, um, and and I just thought, you know, that would have been a case where I would have had to make amends for an amends or amends for a retraction of an amends. I don't know, but I listened. I listened. To, I guess I was open up enough, open enough to listen to that still small voice, and my my conscience my little speaker in my chest that I have and did not and and it it was fine um so occasionally they will offer assistance meaning who knows they might say yeah it's okay or they might say occasionally they they will offer assistance meaning yeah and you did blah 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 and blah um so that was an interesting um amends for me. It was really eye-opening for me because I didn't have any guidance. I didn't have anybody to warn me about that could possibly happen. Um, and um, But it all came out okay. And I'm just so grateful for this program and to be able to clean up the past even in spite of myself. Um, and with that, I pass. Thank you, Jeanette S. Vasa O, it's your turn, followed by Richard B. Yes, I'm here. Thank you, Lynn, for your service. And good morning, everyone. I'm Vasa, grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater calling from Foxborough, Massachusetts. And I'm so grateful that I had a sponsor to guide me through the process. But I really dreaded, you know, going to the ninth step. Uh, I mean, it's like, oh, my God, how am I going to do this? And she would always say to me, well, you're not there yet. You're not there yet. Let's keep on working, you know, on the steps that you are. And uh, and God is going to get you ready, and uh, and you'll be fine. And I had to let it go and not to project, you know, what's going to happen. And then, yeah, we met together on the eighth and the ninth step. And, you know, um, 
she had me the, the index card, three by five, put plus and minus if you feel like you need to make amends. And we went over it. And, uh, and it was just, I thought I had to make amends to all those people. And I didn't, you know. And uh, she's always, I always wrote a little bit something if I was going to make amends. And uh, because I was always, I had a fear of expressing myself. And I, had, I was also afraid what I'm going to say, how I'm going to react, what they're going to, you know, I was projecting. But with every resentment I went, it just, I was, felt like I was guided from my, from my higher power. I never had really any bad experiences. And I think the biggest one I was, I made an uh, amend to my older brother. And he made amend to me, you know, because he was oldest. He was always bossing us around and even hurting us, you know, beating us up at times. And, and he said, you know, that's the role that he got from my father and my mother. you got to be in charge when we're not around. you got to do this, you got to do that. And he made amends to me, and we had the best relationship since then. And uh, so I, I made amends to people that they didn't even remember what I had done, you know, especially to my kids. They said, oh, Mom, I don't even remember that part. So, you know, there's more to be revealed a lot of um, forgiveness for me was for, for the people that had really done harm to me, you know, really, really bad harm. I, I, it was hard for me to, as a child, you know, the harm was done. It was really hard for me to go and make amends. I felt like they did more harm to me than I did to them. So it, for me, it was the big, biggest forgive them for what they didn't know, do the sick prayers, men, sick prayers, um, um, and they were like, I was sick like them, and, you know, I needed to forgive myself. And I really needed to make amends to myself for abusing myself over the years with the food and neglecting Sorry, myself. I'll wrap it up. So, uh, yeah, I needed to do that for myself. I'm so grateful. Thank you, and I pass. Thank you, Vasa. Oh, Richard B., it's your turn, followed by Mary G., Press star one, Richard. Okay, we're not hearing Richard. Mary, are you available? Hi, it's Richard. I'm sorry about that. Oh, there he is. Yeah. Okay. Go ahead, Richard, please. Oh, Richard, we've lost you again. Can you hear me? Now we can. Thank you. Sorry. Um, I'm to be and I'm grateful. Richard, we've lost you. Okay, I'm sorry about that. My phone is overheating in the heat wave. Okay, can you hear me now? Yes, thank you. Okay, sorry. Okay, uh, yes, I'm Richard B, and I'm a grateful recovered compulsive overeater in Ireland. And this step has always been a step that terrified me. And when I first came into recovery and I was about to go into a treatment center, I made the mistake hoosting. And, sorry, uh, by two-stepping, what I did was, before I had done any of the other steps, apart from part of step one, I made an amends to my wife. 
and I had to make amends again several years later, even though everything was fine with us, um, because I had made amends before and explained that I hadn't properly uh, done the steps. Anyway, um, I made an amends to my brother recently, where it says in the book about our enemies, and my brother and I hadn't spoken for several years after my father died. And I was quite nasty to him around that time, and I could have gone into explanations about how I was suffering and he was suffering, or not even pay attention to how he was suffering. Um, but instead, I, I wrote out my amends and ran it by my sponsor, as I usually do, and took out the bits that were about self and justifying my behavior, and instead focus on what I did and ask how I can make it better. And it was such a beautiful amends. Um, and it came out of that that I also have another amends to my niece and nephew because I haven't been speaking to them also. So, uh, yeah, that's that. There's, there's always work to be done. And this is another amends that has come out of a previous amends. And I have another one to make. And I am thinking about how to do that. So, yeah, I'm grateful for the program. And I'm glad to be here. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Richard B. Mary G., it's your turn, followed by Leah M. This is Mary G., recovered in Rochester, New York. And the hardest amends for me to make were to my two sisters. These were people that, to me, felt like enemies. And there had been a lot of um, what felt to me like betrayal uh, from both of them. And it took a lot of prayer to get the willingness to go forward with this step, a lot of prayer and a lot of desire to take these steps as they're outlined and to move past all this. So I I reached a point of willingness, and the thing that was so miraculous with both of them is with one sister, um, I... My sponsor had me write letters for each person I made amends to, and in some cases I read the letters directly to them. In some cases I didn't, but with the older sister I read the letter to her. And I, I was making amends for being emotionally uh, unpresent, not present to her, to not being available to her, to shutting myself away from her because... Um, and and um not not being there to be part of her life and when i said is there anything else i i've missed or any other way that i may have hurt you that that i can try to rectify she launched into a lot of hurt and pain it just opened up this reservoir of of betrayal that she had felt and she talked for about a half an hour. So much bitterness came out of her. And the gift that God gave me was that these, that my eyes were opened. You know, it says some more scales of, uh, scales fell from our eyes or something. And I just felt this compassion for her because I could see how she would have felt that way in every instance that she, that she expressed. I could, I could understand how she had felt hurt. And it really softened my heart in a way that I had never expected. 
and with the other sister, in the course of making the amends, I thought of the lines in the, in the big book, too, where it says about the hours that we had squandered. And all I could think was, you know, this is my baby sister. All these hours that I ha- and days and weeks and months and years that I held myself back from her and literally avoided events that she and her children were at, who I adore, my nieces and my nephew, um, because she was there and I didn't want to feel the feelings that went with being around her. Um, and I could have been there supporting her, being a big sister to her, being a part of the family. Um, so these unexpected uh, softenings and healings that come from from this step, I, I have so many examples of that, but these were... These were the ones I wanted to share because they really felt like my, these two women felt like my greatest enemies. And the the gift, you know, a lot of times we say people are our teachers. The people we struggle the oh, most with become our teachers. But, yeah, anyway, so thanks for the opportunity to share, and I'll pass. Thank you, Mary G. Leah M., it's your turn. Thanks so much for your service. Yeah, when we study steps eight and nine, I'm I'm grateful for the uh, sequence of the steps and following the directions, following the proper sequence of the steps. Because by the time I kind of left the house, right, we don't leave the house, so to speak, till step nine, um, I was coming from a different vantage point than I was at the beginning of the process or in the middle of the process. I was not the same Leia that I was at the beginning of the process. So when I sat down with another, with someone, ready to accept the consequences of my past, there was a responsibility and a maturity that had developed uh, as a result of the implementation of these steps. You know, a question that my sponsor always posed to me and I always had to keep in mind was, how free do I want to be? That freedom wasn't going to be free. There was a price to pay. And uh, that the purpose of the steps was going to be this deflation of ego at depth so that there was going to be room made for God. Because not all these uh, conversations were comfortable, but I was always reminded that uh is a dignified spiritual process and to take God into the room. Don't forget God. And of course, uh, you know, steps eight and nine need the most attention, need the most experience from outside help. And so I had that uh, with my sponsor. Can't do it on my own. There was a script. Uh, oftentimes we would uh, role play. So, you know, for instance, when I sat down with my father, in whom I had a resentment, you know, for well, almost into, uh, you know, a decade um, of pain, um, I was not the same person. And so it had been clear to me through this work that if God dwelled in me, God dwelled in him too. And so, you know, I was guided to be sensible and to be tactful and to be considerate and to be humble and to remember that as God's people, we stand on our feet, you know, on our feet, Um, but uh, that, you know, God was in the room 
and and I was going to be a changed person as a result of this work, and indeed that was so true. When I left those conversations with the people that I had harmed um, and was ready to accept the consequences of my past, I was not the same person prior to walking in. There was a release. There was more room for God to fill in because love and hate cannot occupy the same mind and so, you know, by by ridding myself of that through these 12 steps, um, there was more room for love. And uh, with that, I pass. Thanks so much. Thank you, Leah M. We have time for one more share. Who would like that spot? This is Jen. Jen, go ahead, please, and just give us the initial of your last name, please. Thanks. Good morning, and thank you, everyone, for your service and the awesome shares. My name is Jen A. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater, anorexic, and bulimic from the state of Colorado. And I love at the end how we're talking about God, because before I can do any of these men's, right, I have to put it in God's hands. And I was guided. I love how we're talking about guidance from a sponsor, because this is the person who I'm sitting down with, who I'm saying, do I make amends or do I not make amends, right? Okay, so should I say this or should I not say this? Because my mind is a hot mess, and I've created the mess and the damage done in the past. So I need someone to help me discern and figure it out. And that person that's guiding me, they're hopefully clear, right? They're understanding. They've done this before. So I let them guide me. And I I just am so grateful for my sponsor because he sat down with me. And he said, before we start, we start with a prayer. And we ask God. And it goes something like this. God, as I go forward to repair the damage that I've done in the past, I ask that you give me the courage and clarity before I begin. Give me the tact and common sense, and may I come in a helpful and forgiving spirit. May my manner be calm, direct, and open as I take ownership for my side of the street. I place the outcome in your hands. Amen. And by doing that, I can only tell you that God would reveal to me, as I did those amends and wrote them over and role-played with my sponsor, the things that would come up, maybe I wasn't ready to make that amends to uh, my ex-husband. It kept popping up over and over again. There were fears. There was resentment. So I would go back, and i put those through the columns again. And then God finally revealed to me, boom, you're ready to do this. And when I did it, it was beautiful. And the outcome on the other end for a man that I had harmed, and I had done so much harm to myself and my family and my kids and him, texted me back after I wrote him a letter because that's how it had to end up happening. And he owned up for his side of the street and said how sorry he was and thank you for for what I had said to him. And I'm just blown away by that. And today I have a totally different relationship with him. And I can walk the walk and talk the talk in a different way. My ego has been deflated. And um, it's not always perfect, um, but I have these tools and these steps. And I'm so forever grateful. So don't forget, take God with you. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Jen A. And thank you to everyone who shared. And thank you to Team Tuesday, Melissa C.K., Lisa B., Leslie W., Rachel L. N. M., Gina F., Reva P., and Craig F. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. The share ID for today, Tuesday, June 26, 2018, is 11. We will now close the meeting with a reading from the big book on page 164, 
followed by the serenity prayer. Will Rachel and M please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Hi, this is Rachel and M. I'm a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater and anorexic. Our book is is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.